is where business ideas and passions turn into profit. Napkin ideas are no longer tucked away in drawers, and women around the globe are turning their hobbies into million-dollar businesses. Welcome to Million Dollar Hobbies. Here's your host, world-renowned jewelry designer and Shop HQ celebrity, Victoria Wick. Welcome to the Million Dollar Hobbies show. I have an amazing guest who sort of uh, epitomizes as the and embodies everything that the show is all about. He, um, his name is Brimstone. And um, if I think of a person who followed his dreams, who followed his heart, he kind of like wrote the book on this. So let me just tell you what he um, has done so far. So he's a professional. He has been a professional wrestler, radio host, podcaster, actor, voice actor, author, musician, philanthropist, food critic, horror model, comic book, anime, uh, animated children's book, video game hero. And he's been called the Renaissance man by many. So if I actually, literally, I was just joking about how his bio, which is not really a lot of fluff or anything, it's just things that he's accomplished. It's like seven pages typed, believe it or not. So I will tell you, um, he has, you know, been either appeared or, you know, worked with companies like NBC, CBS, ABC, and just about everything else in between. So without further ado, I want to introduce you, Brim. Welcome to the show, Brim. It is an honor and a privilege to be here with you, uh, Victoria. Million dollar hobbies. You know, people think that, you know, oh, it's a hobby. It's never going to make any money. You don't want to do this. You don't want to do that. You're ruining your life. But then you turn around and you show everybody that they're wrong. And that is the most pleasant, wonderful thing that you could possibly do is just believe in yourself and, and create such an amazing uh, opportunity uh, for yourself because you want it to be. You know what I mean? That's just... Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, Brim, I'm sure you'd agree, because when you look at when I look at all the things you've done. You are not afraid. I mean, one of the first things that kind of holds people bondage to the life that they don't want to live, the life that they think they have to live because they got, you know, they needed a paycheck to pay their bills or whatever. And they just kind of are stuck in a cubicle or stuck in traffic and all these things. And and, you know, the fear is like, well, what happens if I don't make it? You know, do I go bankrupt? Do I lose my reputation? You know, do, do, will people judge me? <clears throat> when I look at your background, I mean, you start as you start as a wrestler, you know, you do your thing. And just when you think like, you know, oh, oh, I'm living my dream, you go try other things. So you didn't just follow your passion one time. Mm. I mean, you went and followed it just many, many times and you still are doing it. So. Yeah. Um, tell me, like, what what goes through your mind when you are, you know, doing wrestling, voice acting, doing all that? Do you just come up with new ideas and go, you know what, I'd just be a really great person for uh, like a children's book hero? Or did these opportunities just kind of kind of present themselves to you and you you cashed in on it? What what comes first? It's always been a little bit of both. Um, you know, you know, when you're when you're doing things that you love and you're passionate about it and you're authentic things kind of will fall in your lap. You know, the world kind of, um, you know, gives back and and uh, the universe, I guess, kind of gives back. And people always, you know, just like you said earlier, 
they don't follow their dreams because they are afraid. They're afraid to, to you know, try something new. They're afraid to, uh, afraid to invest their time into themselves. And I don't, I never understood if you have an opportunity, why wouldn't you invest in yourself? You know what I mean? Why not, yeah. why not continue yeah. to, if you're going to work hard for somebody else for eight to $15 an hour or more, depending on what kind of position you have, you know, why wouldn't you work 10 times harder for yourself to get a paycheck that you've earned figures, you know, for, for working on something that you've created and you've developed um, personally. Now, that being said, you know, uh, getting to your answer, uh, to, to respond to your answer is, um, you know, my, it, it's been a little bit of both, um, you know, certain things, you know, have fallen in my lap. Other things, I'm always thinking of the next natural progression of whatever I'm doing. So essentially, you know, uh, with the wrestling, if you want to take the wrestling, for instance, with, with uh, wrestling, when I wanted to get out of the ring and I figured, all right, it's time for me to kind of, you know, move my way out. I don't want to be in my 50s and, and still, you know, killing myself in a ring. You know, what's the next natural progression? Well, the next natural progression, well, professional wrestlers are larger than life characters, um, you know, and, uh, you know, people kind of look up to them as they were superheroes. And, uh, you know, my character has always lent itself to being that kind of a superhero-ish type of character. So we've taken that character and uh, we spun it off into a comic book series. Comic book series, what's the next natural progression? Toys, what's the next natural progression? Animated series, children's books, you follow me there. Now, you know, when I was doing all of that and I was touring, I said, uh, look, I got a tour. I have to promote all the stuff that I have going on here. When I'm doing that, I don't want to be sitting inside the hotel room, trains, planes and automobiles, not seeing the outside world, sitting inside of a uh, convention center, signing, meeting some amazing people and, and greet, meeting and greeting fans, but never seeing the, the cities that I'm in. So I said, I, I told my, my uh, director of operations at the time with Hound Comics Inc., Hound Entertainment Group, uh, Eitan, um, Eitan Wish, who I'm still very friendly with today. And I, and I said to him, I go, Eitan, I, I need to do something else. He goes, well, what do you want to do? I said, well, I like, I like to eat. He goes, what do you mean you like to eat? I know you like to eat. You're getting bigger every day. Thank you so much, Eitan. I appreciate that. But, you know, what do you, what, you know, I said, but why don't we do something surrounding and involving food? He goes, well, like what? I go, well, I like to talk. We like to talk about food. We're seeing these amazing, you know, uh, restaurants all around the country, you know, wherever we go. Um, you know, why don't we do a food series? And this was before YouTube had like 5 million people doing foodie things and social media doing like 5 million different foodie things. This was, you know, before yeah. all that. So we did a thing called Food Hound Tidbits and uh, we would be going, you know, we, we take you from the convention floor, the convention circuit to the, uh, the, the kitchen in some of these five star, uh, I'm sorry, um, uh, mama pop hot dog shops to five star restaurants all around the world, you know, and that became a cool thing. And, and what's the next natural progression from that next natural progression is you know, let's do some sauces and seasonings. Let's do our own line of this, my own line of coffee, candy, chocolate bars, blah, blah, blah. And this is how things, that's how my brain works. Next natural progression. So as to where a lot of these different things were, um, you know, next natural progression, other things were like, well, because you're doing this, you know, hey, Brim, here's an opportunity here. Why not try this out? Would you be interested? Or so forth. And other things, it's just because I want to do things that I'd like to be seen, that I'd like to, to have exist. So, you know, if I think that something is really cool, 
I want to do it. That's it. I don't want to limit myself because living is not working a nine to five and being miserable and hating Mondays and, you know, and, yeah, and being, yeah, you know, yeah. just like a yeah. miserable, a, a miserable person. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to live like that. Um, so yeah, I work, you know, 10 times harder than, than other people. But for me, my quality of life is also that much better. I can pick and choose what I do. I enjoy doing things I do. Um, I get to dip my toe into a bunch of different, um, you know, uh, uh, areas of entertainment and business and be able to be an, an entertainer, a celebrity and an entrepreneur. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's so yeah, I think what I hear, though, um, not to cut you off, I know there's just so much um, you said that's so relevant to today, like in COVID uh, environment where the entire world's population has had time to reflect on who they are, what's important in their lives, what do they want to do? You know, what's the meaning of their life? Right. Because we were so busy. Things were so good that people didn't even think about that, you know, before. Um, what's really interesting about your story, Brim, is that when I read the bio, I was like, okay, well, this guy's done this, 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 this. I mean, I'm so curious. But when I listened to what you said you did, it makes complete sense that you, okay, first of all, let me just go back to how do you turn your passion into profits? Because a lot of times, I mean, if you're a runner, you know, maybe you don't really know how to monetize the business. Um, there's a lot of uh, passions that people might think, you know, I can't, um, you know, how do I make money with this? Well, you found you have an entrepreneurial spirit. So you have found what you want to do, what you're passionate about. And by the way, let's not forget our passions change over time. Yep. And we're introduced to new passions. I mean, if we didn't, we wouldn't be human. Absolutely. So so you're thinking about what's next. So a lot of us who are sitting at home thinking about, okay, well, we're going to come out of COVID eventually. So what's next, right? So you basically were always one or two steps ahead, not only by everyone else's standards, but your own standard. You know, you're like, okay, you know, I don't want to be doing wrestling when I'm 50 years old. Right. Um, it's amazing how many wrestlers actually haven't figured that out. <laughs> <laughs> and and look and and you know more power to them you know what i'm yeah, saying yeah. more power to them but they're, i mean they're in amazing but, some of them are in amazing shape i wish i was in that shape other than round you know? yeah yeah so i mean so you know it, it's kind of amazing how many people never thought about that so you then go into the next you know so you're thinking okay well if i'm a wrestler right now and i have a some sort of you know, fame and recognition. What is a natural next? What's my strength? What can I leverage from that? So you've right. just gone through everything you've done so far makes complete sense to me. And then when you talked about how, you know, you've found a way to monetize, um, it's not just monetizing too, but you're also bringing joy to, you know, the fact that if you are going to talk about food, and you didn't specialize in five-star, you know, rated food places. I mean, you're bringing a whole diversity of little hot dog stands to the mom and pops to the five-star. And uh, so that people are informed. I mean, yes. you know, a lot of people like mom and pop stands. I mean, there were some things, I mean, I love like little Mexican street tacos from a street oh, yeah. taco truck. I mean, the, I wouldn't want to eat that from a five-star hotel. Right, 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 right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So right. I think that you're informing the public 
Mm -hmm. uh, doing a service and that brings joy. And like you said, a lot of times when you create these environments, they then pay you back with more opportunities and more, I guess, awareness and more curiosity even. Um, so I love that, that you remained curious and you, you know, are the other thing too is how many times have you heard, you know, we want to motivate people, inspire people, encourage people, empower people, all of these words that are great, but none of those words mean a thing unless you take, you take a small action. Oh, yeah, that initiative is everything. Yeah. I mean, if you're, yeah. if you don't have initiative and then, and then after the initiative, you have to have that work ethic, you know what I mean? Exactly. Uh, exactly. And, and the, the problem is, is a lot of the people, especially I'm, I'm learning a lot of kids nowadays, they don't have that work ethic and it's, and it's scary. It really why is, is it though? But why is it Brim, that they don't have the work ethic? What do you think? I have because my theory. A lot of people have had, a lot of kids have had it handed to them. Um, the internet has given people a lot of availability to a lot of things that we didn't have when we were growing up per se. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, you know, I mean, look, when I was wrestling, I had to sit and go to the library, to the microfiche. If you remember the microfiche, yeah, just to I figure remember. out the different, you know, magazines to find out the territories and so forth, just to find contacts. I mean, this is, this is the work that I put in, um, you know, where nowadays somebody can just go right on and say, okay, I need a list of this and it's right there in front of them. People don't have to work for things anymore. Um, I, they I don't just, have to learn how to spell, Brim. You yeah, know, you got, they don't have to learn how to spell. They don't have to learn how to read a map. It's, right? it's awful. Nobody has to it's learn awful. how to read a map. And I mean, when my daughter went to college, I, I you know, I was a pretty active mom and she, she, only, she went to uh, college in Los Angeles. So, you know, I would drive over there and these kids were Googling how to use a laundry machine. Unreal. <laughs> you know, it, it's not, it's like, it's got like two buttons, start and stop. And they didn't oh. know how to use a machine. So uh, my, my theory, <laughs> my theory, Brim, is that yes, the internet, the media makes it a lot easier for them. Mm -hmm. But where were the parents too? Oh yeah. Where were oh, the parents yeah. in that whole equation? Right. I agree with you. So I, you know, I, I think that a lot of things um, that, you know, my parents, I, I mean, I watch them do the laundry. I watch them go, go to the library and check right. the microfiche. I watch right. them do all that. And we don't, you know, I, it was something kind of like skip the generation or whatever. Yeah. But now you said another word that I want to focus on for my audience um, because, you know, I am talking about turning your hobby into a business. Listen, I've never ever once said that when you turn your hobby into a business, it's going to be easy. No, the entrepreneurship, not. the road to entrepreneurship is filled with detours from hell and back many times, things that you plan meticulously that just go out the window um, you know, it is not, it's, it's got its ugly parts, but when you hear Brim say, I work 10 times harder for my business, you would think, oh my, how miserable would, would that be? No, if you, if you love what you do, you're really not working a day in your life. Agreed. So you do work 10 hours a day. You do work. I mean, some days, I mean, I usually wake up like five o'clock in the morning, just excited about all the things I got to do. I don't dread what I'm going to do or, you know, what do I wear to the, I mean, I'm excited. Oh my God, I didn't get to do this, this, this done. And then I, as I was sleeping, I thought about these six other things. Oh my God, what should I do first? Yeah. So, you know, you, when you're passionate about something, you could put in the 10 hours a day, 12 hour, you know, 15 hour days, several days in a row. And it's just a joy. 
So even when you don't get what you want at the end of that week, you still had amazing joy that you wouldn't have had if you weren't pursuing your dream. So, you know, think about that. Right. And when you talk about your work ethic and the discipline, um, just listening to you here, I have to say, like, I'm sure that you were getting a lot more offers than the, the, the choices you've made. But also, it's not just chasing after everything. You chased after the right things, which means that you had to have discipline to reject some things. Oh, yeah. That looked good. Sometimes and I think you have that, to say no. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that is also that also comes from wisdom, <clears throat> you know, learning from your mistakes and so forth. So, I mean, I'm actually really surprised because a lot of people in the so-called the entertainment business, mm-hmm. you know, when things are really, really great. I mean, I mean, for years I lived like right in the middle of all the celebrity bill. And I, I mean, I can go through just tons of names and, you know, things were really great and they didn't think about what's next. They didn't think about, you know, um, Big mistake. saving money or, you know, investing for the future and investing, not just money. I mean, like you said, you're investing in yourself. So yep. when you invest in yourself, you're, you're learning new skills. You're learning, opening up your world. It, it's, it's different than finding an invest, you know, like an investment advisor and, and right. you know, that's the easiest thing to do, but you've actually spent the time to learn, you know, I'm sure like going from um, wrestler to voice actor, mm-hmm. you know, that's not like something that it is sort of, but it's not like a real natural transition. I'm sure you had to, you know, learn things and tricks, you know? So there's, there are, okay. So many, almost everything to do with myself. All right. Any, anything that I've been doing all connects in one way, shape or form. Yeah. And there's a way it all connects. I mean, here going from the wrestling to what do you call the comics? It makes sense and so forth, but going from the, the food, the food stuff and the comics and stuff doesn't right. Right. Well, it, but it does. And this is how it, I'm d- it does. You. Yeah. This is what I'm going to teach you here is that I, I did this on purpose in the comic books. There's a place where all of the characters kind of hang out. They, you know, just like in friends, they go to the coffee shop or mm-hmm. the diner and in, in uh, Seinfeld and so forth. Well, in the Brimstone of the Borderhounds comic book universe, they all go to a place called heaven, which is located in hell. It's all a gimmick, guys. Remember, <laughs> I'm a Jewish guy. I don't even believe in hell. Um, this My whole gimmick was based on, on you know, joking around. Uh, but that being said, uh, the what do you call it? The, the fact is, uh, complete with stairway, by the way, stairway to heaven. Get it? Thank you, heaven. Anyway, so in heaven, uh, the bar that's in in, in this uh, comic, you can you can see the characters ordering sweet heat treat wings grindhouse radios if you hear grindhouse all right right right. these are these are all different one sauces and seasonings that you can actually buy in real life okay which are also inside the comic book and now the grindhouse turns into the grindhouse radio you see grindhouse radio now is is speaking you're talking to people um on air and it's all stuff to do with what your mouth your voice rolls right into voice acting. You see, it's all kind of tied together. Um, and and if, you're, if you're smart enough to know how to navigate your way through you know, the different industries, um, you find out that essentially it's, it's the same, same field, different manure. You know what I mean? Yeah, That's all yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. So if you can navigate one, you can navigate the next. Um, and and you know, for me, it's been very important to continue you know, to, to navigate and to work my way into different areas of, 
of business as well as entertainment because I want to do it all. I want to do it all. I want to experience it all. You know what, Brenda? You, you're one of those people that do this, these things naturally. I have to tell you, I've dealt, you know, I've done business all over the world with some of the brightest people in the world. I mean, I'm just very blessed to have been at that, you know, front row seat. Mm-hmm. You don't, you have no clue how brilliant you really are. And I'm not doing this to just well, to thank you. just to say this because let me just t- let me walk this back. What you just what I heard you say, okay? Mm-hmm. You know, it's really interesting that in your comic book you've got the grindhouse and you've got these people dining and doing all these things. So you almost built in your next product line mm-hmm. into the book. So that was. I mean, you already had like a free marketing thing going on over there, right? Yep. Because so you were writing a story, almost as if you were going to promote that it was a natural, you know, natural thing that was going on. A lot of people, I think, corporate America, especially, I mean, even some of the brightest of the brightest of the brightest people we hear all the time on, you know, whatever. They all look back what we did last quarter or what we did, you know, whatever. They're all reacting to what happened. So let's launch this and see what happens. It's never, I believe in this, so I'm going to go and be proactive. And here's step one, two, three, four. And that's what you've done. So, I mean, you should actually run the country. (laughs) (laughs) You know, what's really scary is I actually have had, I've had a lot of politicians that I'm very friendly with, you know, on both ends of the aisle. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to talk politics, but, you know, like um, I have, I've had a lot of people, that have, have been trying to push me to do politics and I refuse. Um, <laughs> I refuse, you know, and, and uh, what do you call it? Senator Kevin Thomas, uh, who's one of the, the Democratic senators here, fantastic guy. Um, you know, he, he's actually pushed. He goes, he goes, Brim, you're, you're so authentic. You're so good. You're, mm-hmm. you know, and, yeah. and um, he's like, it's, just, you'd be perfect for, for, for this. And I'm like, yeah, but people look at politicians in a manner that I don't want to be ever be, be seen in, you know, and, and, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, I like to, I'd, I'd like to keep, and, and, and honestly, you can't make a hundred percent of the people happy a hundred percent of the time. Oh, you're kidding. So, no. Yeah. You know, like you yeah. damned, if you do, you damned if you, if you yeah. don't, yeah. you know, no matter, no matter who you are or what you're doing. Um, so at the end of the day, you know, presidency is as much as I would, Really, really love to sink my teeth into that. Um, <laughs> just, just be a president for one day. I think that would yeah. be the best thing. Not, not a, like a whole four-year <laughs> campaign. But I mean, honestly, you, your business plan. I mean, this is what I really also. I talk about this a lot in my show and with a lot of my guests, which is, you know, I have an MBA. I, I, in fact, I went to MBA and I, I majored in marketing and finance. I got all this fancy degrees like that because my parents and everybody else. I'm sure, you know. Asian parents, Jewish parents, Latino parents, whoever, they all want Very their similar. kids to be hyper-educated. So they think that that's the path to your freedom. Um, when you listen to them go over, you know, the, the path and the natural transition, how you make money and all of this, you know, very few people would have the foresight to kind of, because what you did with your career going from, you know, uh, wrestling to children's books and on and on and on, they were almost risk-free. Mm-hmm. They yeah. seem, you know what I mean? Because you had set, you had teed it up so nicely. Mm-hmm. That it was all, I mean, it would be shocking if it didn't work out. <laughs> but you had to have the yeah. foresight 
to kind of zero in, you know, like hit it on the bullseye, then the next thing, because you could have gone, you know, from Western, you could have, you could have gone to anything you wanted. If you had done food critic that day, you know, it might have been a longer transition, but by having, you know, so I think that the way you did this is actually, you know, amazing. And I think that, you know, all of you listening right now, and you want to turn your hobby into profit. Um, and, you know, a lot of people would ask me, like, how do you go from an immigrant speaking no English to where you are now? Like, how do you do that? My journey is very similar. It's tiny little things, tiny little steps, looking at the natural progression. Because, you know, as small business people um, coming from, you know, our families, I mean, I don't know about you, but my family was broke. I mean, most people starting a small business, their families don't have, you know, millions of dollars to bankroll you. So when you're a small business, that risk management is a huge factor. Mm-hmm. And also knowing your strengths and your limits. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure you didn't go, you know what, from a wrestler, I'm going to go try to become a ballerina. I mean, that just isn't going <laughs> to. I don't think I would look good in the tutu, my friend. I don't no. think that would work out very well. Yeah. No. You know, you know what I mean? So <laughs> I, I just think that it was very calculated risk. And I just love uh, that whole journey. And the other thing I love too about interviewing you is with this like seven page bio, you're still so humble. You're like so humble, so down to earth, so authentic. And I think that, you know, when I, 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 I interview a lot of very like accomplished people who have uh, sort of accomplished, you know, the, the several million dollar goals and so forth. And a lot of times, sadly, I do see a little shift or change in who they are. And, um, and it's natural because you, you're, you're kind of like running around in different circles. You know, you you now have the means to, to go to more sophisticated places. Uh, you now have means to go fly first class. I mean, there's all these things that come with that, but um in your case, I have a feeling that you have become a better person at the end of the journey. Oh yeah. Than um, than when you started. I mean, more humble, more authentic, and and that the fact that you can still be authentic and genuine and following what you want to do is more important to you now than before. So tell me about that a little bit. Well, first and foremost, I mean, my my main goal is to to develop and create a legacy. Um, you know, something that not only uh, people can enjoy and love now, but um, something that will continue to take care of my family for the next X amount of generations and create something that, you know, a body of work that people are going to hopefully respect for the next, you know, God knows how many uh, generations. And, you know, again, I, I've, I've always tried to be one of the biggest things is uh, for me is I've always felt I need to be authentic. And I, you know, I, rub shoulders with the biggest plate people yeah. in the industry and entertainment. I am the guy that can walk into uh, a boardroom with either, you know, fully clad in Brooks brothers or, or in a shirt and ripped jeans and still be respected the same way because they know that I know just as much, if not more than some of the people in that mm-hmm. boardroom do, um, you know, and, uh, but at the end of the day, you know, you have to be humble. I, I, when I, when I was younger, um, you know, look, you know, with age comes wisdom, you know, when you're younger, you feel well, for some people, for some people, for some people, but, <laughs> but you for feel, everybody <laughs> for when you're younger, you feel who you are and you think that you think, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, yeah. it, and, uh, you're, you're the man and, uh, or the woman. And, you know, uh, the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, my head had, had gotten big at one point, you know, um, at a couple of points in my career early on. 
And, um, you know, they need, it needed to be squashed. And it was probably one of the best things uh, for that to happen um, because it taught me a lot. And the biggest thing about business and entertainment, because remember, entertainment is also a business. It's the entertainment right. sure business, yeah. which people forget. Um, but is, it, you know, it's not about how many times you fall. Failure is good. You need failure. You need to 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 fail in order to succeed. Um, you know, and you need to to make sure that you understand why you failed, and and you take that and use those as seeds to success. Um, you know, and and people they get so scared of failure. Um, they get they you know they figure if if you know they failed when they they failed everything, or they look at me or anybody else when they you know something happens and something doesn't go the way you would have liked it to go. And they laugh at you or they make fun of you or say, see, I told you so, but they don't realize that that's, that's a positive that you take those failures. You learn tremendous, tremendous things from those failures that then you can turn around and build into a huge success. And um, one of my, my things was I had too big of a head. I was think I was on top of the world. I was making six figures, you know, on in my my day life at that time, you know, because I wasn't brimstone, you know, for you know twenty four seven like I am now. But I was making six figures, and um, what do you call it? Uh, with a major a major corporation in in um, media, and I was doing big things in entertainment. So my head was woo, you know. I <laughs> I turned it off first. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was in my early 20s. I was like, yeah, whatever I want to do, you know, but um, at the end of the day, uh, you know, I needed that bubble popped. It popped and I turned around and I became bigger and better. And I learned from those instances. I lost friends. I lost people that I would have been working with. And it's good. Th- it's a good thing that, that um, you know, things went the way they did. Um, you know, because you learn, you learn. Yeah. Uh, you know, another op- uh, another deal was um, I just took on a brand new uh agent and, and manager and for, for film and, and television, mainstream film and television. And the, and the fact is, is I never thought I needed one before, you know, I never, yeah. you know, that's the one thing that I haven't conquered is super mainstream stuff. You know what I mean? In terms of, you know, the, yeah. the TV shows that you see every day and, you know, and um, what do you call it? And cause I'm like, well, there's no way I'm doing, you know, background work and so forth. And it's a good thing I never did because then I would have been pigeonholed into that. Right. Um, but now after many years, I first met this agent in, in Manhattan um, 10 years ago and we had a conversation and the conversation went pretty well. Um, and then he was talking about what he wanted to do and how, you know, we should do this and that and the next thing. And me as a young buck thinking I knew everything said, nah, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> And now see, now see, there's a good thing that I didn't sign. Right, exactly. Because now I know how valuable that is. And all I would have done was effed it up. You know what I mean? But, but not only that, now your life is so much fuller right. that you have actually something that you can be very successful okay. with. Yeah. Agreed. And, and, you know, and he said to me, he says, you know, Brim, I, you know, I've been following you over the years. He's like, I'm glad we didn't, we didn't pull the trigger at that point. It probably wouldn't have ended well. And I agree. It would not have ended well. Um, and, and the two, and he said to me, he goes, he goes, most people that I have that I have to deal with, and he deals with a lot of big names, you know, on his roster, um, you know, and so it's, it's, you know, uh, it's a blessing to be on the roster. Let's just say that. But the fact is, is that he goes, I have to create and develop things for these people. He goes, you're a full package. Right. You're already, yeah. you're already a brand. 
mm-hmm. you know, and, and that was one of the most important things for me is that I can do anything I want with the Brimstone brand. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. I can go anywhere, do anything I want. Yes, it's not as quote unquote PC, you know, sounding as, you know, other names that are out there. But you know what? It's it, it's a known brand. People, know, if they even if they don't know me as a person, they know that they know the name. You know what I mean? They, yeah, if they yeah, see yeah. the wrestle, they know the name. If they never seen the Grindhouse Radio, they know the name. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, yeah. So it's it's the brand is there, and uh, he said, "I can do so much with you. This is you're like a unicorn." And, uh, <laughs> and unicorn and that said, keeps on giving, right? I said, it's more, keeps on giving. More, more like Bigfoot, but what do you call it? I'll take the unicorn. Um, you know, so, uh, yeah, at the end of the day, um, you know, it was the right timing. And again, everything, you know, everything happens for a reason. People tend to think that, you know, when something awful happens that, you know, it's like, oh, it's the end of the world and so forth. And you know what? It happened for a reason. There's a reason that this happened to you. Um, you know, now take it, learn from it and move yeah. around. The universe works in mysterious ways. And I was never philosophical like that when I was younger older, wiser. And, and, uh, you know, you learn, you learn, you know what I mean? So much. Yeah. I think, I think time and I think those events kind of uh, force you to learn and reflect on it. Um, I agree with you that I, I would say that, you know, having gone through this entrepreneurship journey myself, you know, failure is a, I wouldn't say like, it's almost like a key ingredient to success. Yeah. If you know how to, in fact, I mean, I would argue that in your case, you actually almost planned some of your failures because, you know, when you go, because your failures were managed, you know, if you, if you were going to fail, it it would be managed. So, I mean, everything I'm hearing, it's like, it's just amazing, valuable insight to, you know, people. And I love the fact that you, you know, didn't come on the show talking about how everything was so hunky-dory, like everything was so great by following your passion, because, you know, well, doing something that you love and giving up some security or seeming security, uh, it just takes a different kind of person. And, um, and when you do succeed, I mean, follow someone like Grim that understands and still has so much empathy for people who haven't made it quite that far yet because it is such a joy to be able to create something on your own. And, you know, Brim, lastly, uh, in closing, I want to say that what you have done, it, it would be absolutely impossible for most people to create a brand, any brand. I know this because I've had to create a brand. Trust me, it is hell. With no money, branding, you know, in this world of media where everybody's somebody and it, it just costs so much money to to cut through the noise yeah to create one brand is almost impossible and you've created several brands that it's just like you have dreamt the impossible and accomplished the impossible so congratulations to you on that thank you um and so lastly um in closing what is like do you have any advice for young people today who didn't have the role models that we grew up with, who are lost, who want to know what's next and who want to know what are the action steps I can take today to become, to do what Brim did. What's your advice to them? 
first and foremost, don't listen to, you know, fake internet gurus who uh, <laughs> who are telling you that, oh, you can be a millionaire overnight and this is how it works. And all you do is, no, you know what? It's it's called old school, hard work, effort. Um, you know, the biggest, the biggest thing is believing in yourself. Yeah, you got to believe in yourself, you know, because if you don't believe in you, who the hell else is going to believe in you? You know what I'm saying? Like, right, if you if you're creating a product and you don't fully 100 percent, 200 percent believe in this product, who else is going to believe in that product? You know, right. um, another another little tidbit of advice that I'll give you. And listen, and, and parents, family there, they love you. They want the best for you. And we know that we understand that. And my family, I love my family. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, they don't know, you know, the the they don't know the shoes that I've they haven't walked in my shoes. OK, right. Right. so if if your family is telling you, no, you shouldn't do that. You should. Why do you want to be? Why? Why follow uh, music as a, as a path or why be an artist yeah. or, you know, why are you going to be a cook or a chef or why are you going to do this or why are you going to, you know, throw your all your last couple of dollars into, you know, creating this product or this brand or whatever it is. You can't. These people are not as much as you love them. They're not the ones that you want to go to for advice or for assistance in putting together what you're looking to do moving forward. These are the people who are not necessarily going to be sitting there and following you on social media and liking your posts and reposting and so forth and helping you get a name for yourself. These are the people that are going to say, well, why can't you work a nine to five? Yeah, because they right. don't. Yeah, because why can't you be never, a lawyer? Why can't right. you be a lawyer? Yeah, because they've never walked in those shoes. A right. nine to five person who loves you very dearly has never worked in entrepreneurial shoes. They've right. never worked in entertainment shoes, entertainment. Also for people out there paying attention, entertainment entertainers are entrepreneurs. Right. So, you know what I mean? For, so don't get it twisted. You're, you're working, your business is your brand and you need to work that brand every single day in order to make it into something that's worthwhile. But your, 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 your base of, of um, support, are going to it's always going to be people that you least expect okay it's not going to be the people yeah. that you'd think that they that that it would be uh your mother your father your sister your brother your cousins you know what i mean yeah your kids for that matter depending on what you know where you are in life but the fact is is that if you want it to be make it happen work 200 percent, put your 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 you know uh, knuckles to the grindstone and make it happen you know what i mean because if yeah. you're not doing yeah. it Somebody else is. You right. Know what I mean? And I hope I'm making sense, Victoria. I know I bought well, uh, totally. I mean, it totally makes sense. And I think going back to your first statement, um, when I interviewed JC, I listen. <laughs> your first <laughs> statement is so you gotta be careful what you say. But yeah. Uh, your first statement is like, you know, you're working nine, you know, eight to ten hours a day for somebody else, right? Yeah. I want you to think about this, um, you know, ladies and gentlemen. If you're working eight to 10 hours a day for somebody else, you're working for somebody else's dream. You're working to make that person's dream come true um, at your expense because whatever you're getting paid isn't really, you know, you're not getting paid enough. And the other thing too is if you're working for a major corporation in America, you're working for, you know, a guy who immigrated here that's doing $200 million a year, you are contributing to his success. You're contributing to corporate America's success. You could succeed on your own if you can just believe in yourself so I hear you very loud and clear. And um, it's been such a joy to see, like, our time has just 
like really flew out by the, you know, by the second here. But um, it's been such a jam-packed interview and I absolutely enjoyed having you here and your um, wisdom of, you know, I really don't get a lot of people who had your background, like entertainment. Um, you know, this is, even for hobbyists, that that's really difficult to figure out how to make a business out of this because we hear that a lot. If you're into music or you're into voiceover, just be prepared. You're just going to starve. You're not going to do both. And um, I think you completely busted that myth right out the door. I mean, we can drop a hammer right through that thing that you just put through. So I love that. And uh, thank you so much for coming by. And um, until next time, stay healthy and stay happy. You've been listening to Million Dollar Hobbies, where we turn dreams into reality and passion into profit. According to ancient Chinese proverb, a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. Congratulations on taking that first step today. For more information on how Victoria can help you turn your hobby into a million dollars and to download Victoria's free ebook on passion-based business ideas, visit milliondollarhobbies.com. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player.